0: Nurses and Hypochondriacs, the podcast that brings nurse experts, patients, and hypochondriacs together to discuss hot topics in healthcare. And here is your host, Ercilia Pompilio. Is time travel real? I have had some pretty wild experiences, and I can almost prove that time travel. Is real. You have to think about that concept. I mean, there's so many movies from H. G. Wells, The Time Machine, Back to the Future, and Planet of the Apes. There has to be some sort of nonfiction going on there. I mean, the United States government has been doing experiments on time travel. And on this episode of Nurses and Hypochondriacs, our first Halloween episode of 2022, I have my special guest, Chris Anatra, the quantum businessman on, and we're going to be talking about time travel, Mandela effects, Tartaria, orphan trains, and so much more. Super fun episode. You won't want to miss it. First, a word from our sponsor. This episode was brought to you by Rogue Nurse Media and The Well-Written Nurse, empowering nurses and patients to tell their stories. Welcome to Nurses and Hypochondriacs, Chris Sinatra, the quantum businessman.
1: Hello, Arcelia. Nice to be here.
0: Cool. Well, thanks for being on the show. I'm really excited about the show because uh, like we were talking about, I had Cynthia Sue Larson on and you're kind of like her, but a little bit different, correct?
1: Yes. Yeah, definitely. You know, we're, we're definitely on the same path, but we have, you know, we're a little bit different, which is good because it gives variety.
0: Correct. So tell us about yourself, Chris how did you come up with the quantum businessman? I mean, there's so much that I am excited to talk about because one of my favorite subjects is time travel.
1: So, uh, okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, basically for me, I began to wake up in this dream about wake up in this dream, uh, probably towards middle to the end of the year, 2016. And that's what I think we're doing right now. Like, you're dreaming me and I'm dreaming you and our future audience is dreaming both of us together. But (laughs) basically um, what happened was, there was a series of events that happened in my life that I couldn't make sense of. One of the biggest ones was the Mandela effect because it was starting to affect my business and my personal life because things that I remembered as a fact were no longer facts in this reality. They, They were very different. And the thing is, the way they are now, you can prove they've always been that way. But in my memory, I had very clear memories of things being a different way. And then it started to affect my business. And then there were more of what you could call the esoteric spiritual things that started to happen to me as well. So boom, boom, boom. And the big boom was the Mandela effect for me. So um, in 2019, I started a channel called The Quantum Businessman. Um, I'm actually starting to change that to the quantum blissness, man, because uh, who doesn't want more blissness in their life?
0: Right. We all need more blissness.
1: Yeah. So um, and I talk about consciousness. I talk about Mandela effects. I talk about reality. I talk about, um, you know, what exactly is going on in, in this dream and how to make sense of things. How do the Akashic records tie in? Do we have lives before this life? Does, in re, is reincarnation really a thing? So all those types of subjects I cover in my, I have a new series of videos that I've been releasing called Symphony of Realities. So in those videos, I I start talking about these different things.
0: I love it. Have you watched? So I went to go watch this movie the other night, and this is right on top of this. Don't worry, darling, which is kind of like the Matrix. I don't know if you've seen it.
1: No, I haven't heard of it yet. Okay,
0: you have to go watch Don't Worry, Darling. It's with um, Harry Styles, Olivia, I forget her last name, uh, Olivia Wilder, I believe, and she's the director. And so it takes place in Palm Springs. That's why I was really excited to watch it. And it is a fabricated reality, you know, that these people are in. I don't want to spoil alert for anybody who hasn't watched it, but it's interesting. It's like someone is waking up in a dream, you know, and, um, and I study this and I teach this in my classes, how we create these realities. And sometimes we create stuff or other people are creating the reality for us. And we're like, wait a minute, what's going on here? This is not me. Is this me or is this you? You know, and I'm always looking at that with my realities and people can shift your realities. I've studied that. And I've talked about it with Cynthia Sue Larson, on how sometimes, like my friend that's here, that I'm borrowing their home uh, to do this podcast, he is such a, a a creator. Like he's an artist. and and I want to kind of talk about artists a little bit. Um, and, and he's really in his head, but he can he's an amazing manifester and creator. Sometimes he doesn't realize it that he's kind of in my reality. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is not me. you know <laughs> so- right? We'll kind of have these funny spats with each other because he um, he's from the south and he tries to make me late and I'm, I always have this problem with time you know uh, okay A- and so I'm always like rushing and, and so today it, you know he's like are you on Ursilia time or are you on this time like what time are you going to be here so I made it and sometimes he'll make me late on purpose like he'll shift stuff around and I'll be like what? And so it's like, we're playing this crazy game with each other with reality. But um, once I started studying it, I was like, Oh, wait a minute, this is what it's happening. And you can trump people when you know that. I know it sounds weird, but I don't know. Have you ever had any experiences like that?
1: <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, we're someone, you know, I call them bubbles of reality. We yes. have different bubbles of reality that can influence the other person's bubble of reality because we're really our own universe into ourselves. But yeah, those type of experiences, for sure. And like you said at the beginning of the conversation, movies, soft disclosure, things that are that are like out there to start to teach us what reality is actually all about. And in a lot of the videos I make, I bring in movie clips because I feel that there is a lot of truth in a lot of the different elements in, in the entertainment that we watch.
0: Right, definitely. I mean, I personally watch movies now to learn from them. One of the movies that I was re-watching again was Inception, which I was oh, yeah. in very, I was watching and taking notes on what was going on because we we're talking about, you wanted to talk about tessellations today, correct? Like the, um, I also watched um, A Wrinkle in Time. Okay. And right. so the way that they move through time or time travel, because, you know, if you believe there's time uh, or the way they time travel, it's called, um a tessellation.
1: Tessellation. Yeah. You're a tesseract.
0: Okay. T- tesseract. Yes. yes. Tesseract, tessellation. Uh, artists like, um, I was I was studying this artist, M.C. Esker. So in the 90s, if you went into a store called Spencer's, which was one of those weird out there stores, they had a lot yeah. of his posters. And he was always looking through like a crystal ball, right? So it was very three-dimensional Uh, you know, and and so I was like, um, it came to me in a download. Now explain the download as we go. Um, And and I I really started looking at his art lately, and, and who he um, studies from. And he actually was studying this other guy named Piranesi, who would create prisons, right. And so, in these prisons, there's it, it's like you're moving through time and you're getting stuck into the subconscious, which is really weird. And a lot of these artists who do um, art, which is called tessellation in little um, cubic squares, that's kind of like a time travel thing. You look at it and it takes you somewhere else in your consciousness, which is really interesting and bizarre, you know, because these artists and creators, they got it. You know?
1: (laughs) Exactly. And that even goes to like concepts like a crop circle. A lot of people might be like, oh, that's an interesting design, but you actually get a download from it. You know, it could activate parts of you that you're not even aware of when you look at that, when you see that imagery. So art is so important, especially when the concept of light language and activations are put into the art. And sometimes the artist's themselves don't even like have a conscious understanding of what they're doing, but on a higher level, they do. So when people look at art, and they're like, Oh, wow, I don't know why, but I really love that piece of art, right? It's doing more than than you actually realize, I believe.
0: I agree. I totally agree. Let's go back to the Mandela effects. Can you go ahead and explain that? And some of the Mandela effects that you had that affected your business and that shifted you, I mean, and I'll tell you one that is still perplexing me to this day. Okay.
1: Okay. Well, basically the, the, the Mandela effect named after Nelson, Nelson Mandela, because a lot of people thought he had died in the eighties and it turns out he was alive till at least 2010. Um, is something where you have a clear memory of something clear in your mind, but it's never been the case, and it spans everything from like the Disney uh, Snow White film, where she goes, um, the the witch looks in the mirror and she goes mirror blank, mirror blank.
0: on yeah. the wall, yeah. And now it's magic mirror on the wall. I was it's telling a friend about that, and she's like, "No, it's mirror mirror," and I'm like, "No, it's magic mirror." And I pulled it up, and she was like, "What? Like?" <laughs>
1: Exactly. And it's always been that way. So the global narrative or, you know, the, the, the world of science and those that are trying to explain it will will say that you just misremembered. You just confabulated. But there's so m- and But the thing is, to me, it's like, you have to trust your own memory. Like, right. and when, if it's just you confabulating or misremembering, that's one thing, but it's when it's a million other people having the same exact memory, there's something going on here. Right. So, Yes, yeah, so the Mandela effect, it 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 spans pop culture, geography, art. Like I'll I'll give you an example of an art one. There's a famous painting called American Gothic. And mm. in that painting, there's like the farmer with his pitchfork. Yes. He's looking straight ahead. Do you remember who's standing next to him?
0: It's the wife, right? An older woman.
1: Yeah, not anymore. It's, it's a younger old- woman it's the farmer and his daughter yeah so the daughter's probably like 30 she's got blonde hair and blue eyes and she's not looking ahead like her mother she's kind of looking off to the left and so um so when people see that they're like what Uh, the artist's name was grant wood and grant wood said that when he painted that he actually used his younger sister as the model so a lot of people have the memory of the old lady with the bonnet but that's never been it's never been the case So it spans all these different parts of the things we would observe in the dream, so to speak. And, you know, I go to another level because some people get like a big dopamine rush when they tell me the latest Mandela effect, you know, Um, (laughs) but I like to read into them because I don't think, I think everything is synchronistic and I think there's meanings behind all of them. So I try to take them to the next level. Yeah. And in my business, it was driving me crazy. You know, because my my business is food distribution software. So people would say, your software changed our Stouffer stovetop stuffing to craft. Why would it do that? And I'm like, go check your inventory. It's always been craft in this timeline. But people remember Stouffer stovetop stuffing, but it's ne- that's a, something that's never existed. And the thing is, how do you make that up in your mind? Right. You, know, you can't just make up Stouffer stovetop stuffing. You would have to see the commercials or at least shot saw it, saw it on a supermarket shelf. That and like Haas Avocados changing to Haas.
0: That's H-A-S-S. right. H a
1: s s. So, you know, people were blaming it on my software. And I'm like, my software would have just changed the, the name of, of an avocado. And then when you look into it, the guy that um developed the avocado, his name was Rudolf Haas in the old timeline. Now his name has always been Rudolph Haas. And then when there's a wow. Mandela effect with the last name change, it usually means a lineage. Something has changed in his lineage in the past. But yeah, Mandela effects everywhere. Yeah. You're not going but, crazy.
0: Well, one of, the, one of the Mandela effects that I saw, and I asked one of my friends who's also been on this podcast, was when Tommy Lasorda died. Like Tommy Lasorda died, I think, last year, right? And I was like, that's weird. I thought he died 10 years ago. Right. Maybe it's just me, but I could have swore he died like 10 years ago. I was like, all of a sudden he popped out of nowhere and they're like, oh, he's dead. And everybody was paying homage to him and everything. But I i could have swore he died 10 years ago. You know, like yes. I said, maybe it's just me. But I thought that was very, very weird. You yeah, know, like Vince Scully. Yeah, he died now. You know, he just died a few months ago. No problem. Like, I never remembered him dying. But for some reason, Tommy Lasorda, I remembered him dying like 10 years ago.
1: Yeah, that's the phenomenon they call dead dead and alive again in the Mandela Effect community. And like and one for me, I remember when I was a little kid, um my grandmother loved Jim Neighbors, who played Gomer Pyle.
0: Right.
1: Mm-hmm. In the 90s, he had died of AIDS. And I remember my my grandmother being all upset and blah, blah, blah. Turns out he recently died, or he died, not recently, but he didn't die till like at least 10 years, 15 years after that. So right. yeah, that phenomenon also happens. Dead and alive again,
0: <laughs> right, great. my friend. Um, so I have a, a large network of people that I talk about this stuff with. Um, there's a lot of people that I consult with uh, about just timeline changes, time travel, uh, timeline jumps. And one of my friends, he went on a time travel mission, which was very interesting. He, to- he even told me, he's like, I'm not going to be talking to anybody for two to three weeks, right? So. He went into deep trance and he, he, I was talking to him on the phone. He was telling me some weird stuff, you know? And again, he was talking about tessellations. He was talking about cubes. He was talking about that. He went to his normal taco stand and this woman that had died like a year ago. And he showed me the article because she was like this famous woman of this taco store gave him salsa. He goes, "I swear to God, I went there and that woman was there and she gave me salsa but she died like a year ago, you know. And he was telling me that he had um sent a phone call to one of our mutual friends who's an astrologer in the future. And he got it like 2 years ago. You know, he's like, "I called so and so and he remembers my phone call. It was only a minute long and I was telling him stuff." And I'm like, yeah, that's happened to me with people. People have called me, you know, uh, this one guy that I was dating. um, I remember he would call me and I'd be like, where are you? It sounded like he was in the future. (laughs) And he would tell me that, you know, he would tell me that, hey, um, I've seen what you're going to become in the future. I've been in the future. I'm in the future, creating the future. And but I think when you do that, you can get stuck in the future.
1: Yeah. And it depends on how you time travel too, because I believe that there's like a, a natural way you can do it. Um, and there's also the government military project ways that people right. can travel as well. So there's, there's different type types and styles. And when you understand that what linear time is and that everything is like, we were just kind of seeing everything one frame at a second going forward, but everything everywhere all at once is happening now, even yes. our past lives. So yeah, it's, it, it's a very deep subject about the whole concept of, of time and traveling through it.
0: So tell me what the natural time travel uh, idea that you have, and then I'll explain how I came to really studying this and dissecting this and, and going through, because I think that would be an interesting discussion.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it, it is an interesting discussion, and part of it too has to be the concept of being taken out of time. So there's a concept too where you could be existing in this time. Like sometimes what'll happen to me is that when I feel that I'm being taken out of time, I'll get like a a high pitched. I just got
0: that today before I was driving here. Yes, a high pitch. Yes.
1: Yeah, and that could be that you're there's a part of you that's bilocating someplace else, Mm -hmm. where you're being taken out of time. You're still having an experience here, and you're still somewhat cognizant of what's going on. Hopefully, it's not when you're driving all the time, but. That, that could yeah, be- it
0: happened when I was driving, but I was still very conscious. So as it was going, yeah,
1: exactly. Um, but you're at least aware something yes. is happening. Yeah. So you know how that works too is that there's another layer to us. Um, some people call it your higher self, mm-hmm. or your divine self, or your super consciousness, and that that part of you um, has the ability to to do things and. Dream different dreams and and move realities and sometimes too when people go into a trance like state sometimes um, drugs could be involved and when I say drugs I mean things that change your frequency um, because also too you'll get experiences where when your frequency starts to change and and you you're literally vibrating higher like let's say you're doing whatever an ayahuasca or certain kind of mushroom journey you start to see things and it's like, Oh, I'm just hallucinating. You know, are you just hallucinating or are you starting to see layers of frequency, higher frequency bandwidths because your body is vibrating in those higher frequency bandwidths. And then those things are becoming available for you for your actual, your eyes to observe. And these are things that you're always observing anyway, through your third eye and your pineal gland. You're just not, you're just not aware of it. Your conscious mind is not aware of it. So, Yeah, so as you know, those are those are some, some aspects to it. And then there, there's the actual physical time travel where you actually can leave this plane of existence, like disappear from it. That's usually what the government, you know, military projects will do. Usually, um, there is something called plasma. And plasma is the fourth state of matter that's usually involved when they do that type of time travel and people can actually travel into the future or into the past and have experiences. And then hopefully if if it's done properly and correctly, they can come back. And then that's also why there's also um, some of the Mandela effects, because there's different reasons for Mandela effects. And one of the reasons for Mandela effects, um, I believe is related to time travel as well. And there, there are examples of that too.
0: Yeah, um, totally. Like I sent you that little clip. Um, I don't know if you've read uh, Nick Redfern's book on time travel. So um, it's, I thought it was really good. So it has both fiction and science fiction um, stories of time travel. And one of them that he put in there is the Philadelphia experiment, which happened in 1943 Uh, with the US Navy destroyer was made invisible and teleported from Philadelphia to Pennsylvania to Norfolk, Virginia. And I think that happened in less than a minute. And many people saw it happen, but had um, were deemed like mentally ill after because I guess the like, the military didn't want you to know about it or the government didn't want you to know about it. So there are accounts where I've talked to people who know about this and they're like, yeah, that happened, you know, Uh, but Mm -hmm. we don't know for sure. Did it happen? Did it not happen? I mean, it was just a a fraction of a second that this all happened in.
1: Yeah, So, so when you hear stories like that, I believe there's a lot of truth to it. And from what I know about the Philadelphia Experiment too, is that they were using technology that tesla had been working on and i believe that tesla was either he wasn't aware of it it was maybe possibly after he passed or he was very against what they were trying to do as far as that happens and that some people actually got um their bodies got fused into the fuselage of the ship and that's another big danger when you create a a portal through time you have to know what you're doing because you can't materialize in another area you can materialize into another body. You can materialize into a building. There's all kinds of crazy stuff that could happen. So, that's why it's the Philadelphia experiment that went wrong. You know, all, <laughs> not all experiments work out.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, it's totally interesting. So my experiment, uh, my experiment, my experience with time travel and how I got very interested in this um, is that I started doing shamanic journeys and I've done them with a few friends and I bought this, um, I call it my magic carpet. I bought it back in 2004 in Cusco, Peru, and I bought it from these indigenous women and they had made it with their hands and it's made out of various different kinds of wool. Uh, And I didn't know what to do with it. I just had this sense that I needed to buy it and I couldn't put it anywhere. And I just put it in a box and um, it stayed in a box for many years. And in 2019, I had to do this journey with this guy because I kept hearing things in my head. Like I was having these telepathic conversations uh, with his son and with himself. And so I started to do these shamanic journeys with him. And I had studied this for many years. I've read many books. I've had several mentors. Um, Like I said, I've been in nursing for 25 years uh, and I've seen pretty spectacular things happen. Uh, So we started to do, uh, I did this journey with him. And when you're doing a shamanic journey, it's like you are traveling back in time with this person. So uh, the whole premise is that there is a soul loss. So you're you're journeying to that space and time to grab that soul loss and to resolve whatever happened with that person. So this happened. And then, um, you know, I I would date this guy and come back to, you know, we would be on and off again, depending on what timeline we were on. It was really interesting. And one day um, we were dating, this was in 2020 at the end. And, um, he said, I hadn't seen him in three days. I hadn't heard from him. And he sends me this portrait of this voluptuous naked woman. And I was like, why are you sending me a painting of a naked woman? And he had just painted this. And this was at seven o'clock at night. And he's like, don't call my painting fat, you know? And, um, and then I was like, well, I'm writing you a letter and I'm just going to mail it to you. And that's when I'll speak to you, you know, whatever, And all of a sudden at 11 o'clock at night, I go into my bedroom and I have a mirror and I took off all my clothes and I took up the same pose as the woman. And I looked and I was like, oh, my God, that's me because he had captured my curves. So I got back to him. I was like, I know who that woman is. He's like, who is it? I go, that's me. I go, how did you do that? I mean, he had had to have painted that painting at another time. He didn't just paint it at seven o'clock and send it at seven o'clock but I took the pose at 11 o'clock, you know? So I was like, how did you do that? And he's like, well, I astral traveled. I was like, what? And he just was like kind of freaked out that I was onto him, you know, or he just didn't know what was going on. I mean, uh, he had a a tendency to dissociate and um, which was really weird. And, You know, then I started to really investigate this um, and and follow this. And and so uh, I, you know, it was interesting the way he painted me was by looking through my eyes. So it's how I saw myself, not how a painter or an artist would see me, you know, so that that was weird in itself. And then um, I, I found out it's called the Cupid effect, how there's this whole art movement that people will You know, a painter will paint someone through a mirror Uh, and and then there's a whole movement in Quebec of artists in the 1970s. And they were kind of banned by the government where they were doing this. They were looking in mirrors and kind of going into different dimensions and painting stuff.
1: (laughs) As you're as you're saying that the first thing that popped into my head was something called mirror technology. And there, there is a way that beings, they can actually travel through mirrors. So it's very rare. It's very advanced, but there is, there is something to what you're saying. Right. Yeah.
0: Well, I know there is something, I'm not crazy. I mean, this happened, you know, and I have proof of it. I have the text messages. I have the painting. I mean, this guy is selling the painting online, you know, and that is me. Those are my curves you know? And, um, and I've talked to several artists about it and there's, you know, we came up with several different theories and stuff. And this guy would always tell me, he's like, yeah, I've been in the future and I've seen what you've become, what you're going to become. And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, why are you looking into my future? Who are you? I go, that's, that's very invasive into my own privacy, into my own being, you know? Uh, and one of the weird things is he had sent me, a some of his writing right and I call it a manifesto and I've read it like three times now because I'll just I, I have a draw to go back to it and I'll read it and every time it's like a Mandela effect I read something new like I did not that wasn't there before yeah and it's a yeah. reference to a movie and I'll go watch that movie and it gives me like a clue to something and I'm just Lacking. like this is Matt I was just like what game are we playing <laughs> And I mean, I'm onto it now where I'm like, all right. And I see it in other things, you know, uh, and I decipher things, but it it really shows that we are living in a simulated reality for sure.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's really awesome that, you know, most people would dismiss that the whole thing about the painting is, oh, that's just coincidence, right? There are like no you,
0: coincidences. Yeah,
1: exactly. You saw that and you you held on to that. That was very synchronistic and there's much more going on than a coincidence. And then that whole concept about s- understanding more as you like kept reading that manifesto and then looking at the movies and so forth, as as you increase your frequency they will actually be things that come out to you to like, oh, I should watch that movie. Yes. Or even with my videos, people, people will write to me all the time. Sometimes I'll watch them three or four times. And every time they pick out, like I never, I don't remember you ever saying that, or I don't remember you ever saying that. So it's right. the whole thing. We keep changing and evolving. And as we're ready for different information, we're ready to absorb it.
0: Right, right. And I also think because I was telling you about um, the story of before 2020 happened, before the pandemic happened, that I started to see these timelines collapsing on top of themselves. And I started to see uh, Voltaire and his um, Voltaire, Francis Bacon, uh, Emily, uh, I think her last name was Bertrand. Um, I'm not exactly. I, I don't even remember because uh, I get these consciousness is in and um so Voltaire and this woman named Emily were lovers right and so they used to all hang out at the chateau in France like at this turn of the century which was called it was right before the scientific uh Evolution, right? And so all these great thinkers would go to the chateau and talk about math in the world and, and all of this. And I kept seeing this over and over again. So I would consult my metaphysician friends. I even consulted Dr. who who's a psychiatrist who's been on this show. I was like, okay. I keep seeing these timelines, and and he's like, Oh yeah, they're reaching out to you. <laughs> he's like they're trying to communicate to you so I wrote a, a blog about Emily and about and I was like this is such an amazing uh woman who never was um you know she she never got her due like nobody is giving her like anything like we see these men that created all this cool stuff, but she was really a part of this whole revolution, you know, of these great thinkers. And, and when I was a kid, my dad used to take me to the Griffith park observatory and that's where all these statues are, you know, and, and, and I, and um, talked about this to Dr. Beitman and I also talked about it with my astrologer and they're like, yeah, it's almost like your dad <laughs> took you to all these places as a kid, like I was very young, I was like three or four years old. My dad would go to sketch, or he would go to um get olives from the, these places because okay. there was olives trees all over. Like he'd take me to certain universities and um and stuff. So he'd go to sketch these um monuments and 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 just sculptures that were around. And so they're like, Yeah, your it's kind of like in that movie contact. Here I go with contact again with um, Jodie Foster, how her dad taught her the way. And then she was like now communicating with these UFO or these alien life forces from another place. So I don't know, it's just weird. <laughs> it's just very interesting. But like I say, I always go, hey, I'm seeing this, what do you think this is? Well, this is what it probably could be. And then I'll go to books and and I'll find the information. Like I have a book on, um, I think it's called nasty women. I forget what it's called. And she's in there, Emily, her story is in there, you know, about how she had to dress up like a man to be amongst these groups of men, uh, amongst these great thinkers and stuff. And they all knew she was in drag, but they accepted her like to go into these cafes and, and talk politics or talk math and, and all this cool stuff. So
1: yeah, that's very interesting. And it could be that you have some kind of, you're you're very attracted to that information because you may have some kind of a link to her. You know, yeah. there could be something in your past where you're connected to her. And that's a common theme where like women to try to be part of, they have to disguise themselves as a man to be part of like the discussions that were only for men to, type of a thing. So that's definitely a repeating pattern that that we've seen throughout history.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. She also was doing a lot of pamphlets on sex and for women to live their lives freely. And that's kind of what I do with one of my blogs, Notorious Single Girl, which was very, very interesting. And I was like, this is a very interesting correlation um, that's coming through, but I found it very fascinating, but so many very cool things. So let's talk a little bit about the Akashic records if you because you study the Akashic records I used to write uh, I used to open them up and do writing but anything that came through I wrote a lot of fiction through the Akashics and then I would be like I don't know what this is
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I don't know how to explain it um, and now I do now I look at that stuff that I wrote like 10 years ago and I'm like oh this makes sense now you know I get it so Talk about how you got interested in, in going into the Akashics.
1: Yeah. So it for, for me, the way I started getting into it is um, when I was going through this, you know, Mandela effects, all this weird stuff happening to me. Um, I would close my eyes, I go like this, and I'd see these 10-second movie clips play in my head, like in full color. I couldn't hear any, I couldn't hear what was going on, but I saw the scene. And I felt completely normal. I'm like, this is really interesting. You know, I didn't want to watch Netflix anymore. I just wanted to see what movies are going to play. Right. And then I, I started asking my friends, you know, what, what do you ever close your eyes and see visions? And they were like, what are you talking about? And finally one friend said, Oh, it looks like you're getting access to your Akashic records. And I was like, Akashic what? So I didn't know anything about it. So I took a course. There's actually a woman in Connecticut that that taught it. She actually has um at least one book that she wrote that's on Amazon. And I, I took her course and I s- started to discover what the akashic records were. And basically, in this simulation, in this holographic dream reality, everything gets recorded. So which would make sense because if you do if if there's something that's creating this outside of us besides ourselves, everything should be recorded. So I found out that we have our own, individuals have their own Akashic records. Um, The earth uh, as a planet, she has her own Akashic records. Buildings have an Akashic, like different parts of geography. They all have Akashic records about things that have occurred at that particular location. And for ourselves, I believe that a lot of this data is actually stored in our DNA.
0: Right. It's
1: called junk DNA, right? I don't think it's junk. So it's a matter of like being able to. You're doing it on another level, but you're starting to access that information. Um, most most the first step is usually about yourself. You can actually read the akashic record of your pets. That's actually a, there's a technique to that as well. Um, and you know, I was taught that you have to ask the pet. You know, in English, right. or whatever language you speak, can I read your akashic record? And if the pet walks away, that means a no but if it stays there, that <laughs> means a yes. Yes. yes we've, yeah. I've had
0: a pet psychic on this show and it's the same thing. You have to ask the pet uh, for um, permission to read them. Yeah. And, exactly. if they, and if they walk away and it's a no.
1: Isn't that okay. So yeah. that's great. Yeah. It's a confirmation with that. So that's, 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 yeah. Excellent. Yeah.
0: yeah. Totally true. But yeah. Um, so going into that, that's, Tartaria too, because I, I heard one of your shows where you talk were talking about people from Tartaria like the orphan trades that were coming in had some type of DNA or connection to Tartaria because they were the people who came in and recreated the world kind of as we know it, correct?
1: Um yeah. So the first thing is to understand like what what what's tartaria? Who, who yeah, are what Tartarians? is tartaria? And it's funny the the only thing the global narrative left of Tartaria uh, is tartar sauce, <laughs> literally, probably because um, they tried to erase completely erase it from history, especially after World War II. But basically, the concept is is that Tartaria was um, came was part of Atlantis. So after the final cataclysm of Atlantis, there are different offshoots. One became ancient Egypt. One became the Mayans. One became um, the civilization we know as where Gobleckli Tepe is in Turkey. Mm -hmm. The Tartarians were another offshoot from Atlantis. They had advanced technology, free energy, um, all all these advancements that they had. They had um, IQ generators so that people, like in different parts of the world, they'd set up these IQ generators that would make people smarter. You know, we need more of that lately, I think. yes. But so basically um, in the future, so when I talk about Tartaria, it's a civilization that's been tried to, been wiped out. Um, You can find old world maps that still show like where Tartaria is on it. One of the big areas they had domination in was Siberia, Um, but they really were were over most parts of the world. They even were in North America as well. A lot of people don't realize that. So what happened was in the future, um, this has to do with time travel, I say and I've heard this before the wars of the future are fought in the past. Yes. So basically there was something happening there's something happening to Tartarians in the future and so to to counter move that they began time traveling parts of their civilization back into into this time period, you know, more specifically in the 1800s and it had to do with everything from these really interesting world fairs where mm-hmm. all of these people started coming in that were all dressed in a certain way that just didn't make any sense to the orphan trains, all of these like kids that, and they said that, that these kids spoke another language and they all could talk to each other, but people you know couldn't understand it. So they're like, oh, they're from Europe, but literally they were supposed to be from New York City or something like that, right. these, these orphan trains. And then there's another wave of these Tartarian time travelers, the way I read it, that came in through these infant incubator shows Right, really popular, like in Coney Island in the early 1900s. So, a lot of people, when they look at that part of history, they're like, Oh, infant incubator shows where people would pay a quarter to see yeah. babies in incubators. Like, that's strange, but I guess that makes sense. But I think, <laughs> I think there's a lot more going on on other, other levels that was related to physical time travel because now all of their DNA is on this timeline there's a lot of people that you know they had children who've had children who've had children so there's a lot of you know a lot of times when people hear tartaria it starts to rattle something like they don't they, they may not understand it but they may want to they may be drawn to hear more and it could be that literally in your dna you could ha- you could have a part of tar- or you could have tartarian dna within you i know that's kind of a crazy far out subject but it also lends weight to why more and more people, as soon as they start to hear about it, it just starts to rattle something where they want, they want to learn more about it. And there's right. a lot of information that's coming out about it.
0: I think I have Tartarian DNA in me. I mean, I look at my parents. My mom has a second grade education. My dad has an eighth grade education. These people are super smart super smart. I mean, with what they've created, they're, they're amazing creators and manifestors, you know, exactly. And, and it's just pretty amazing. You look at that. And I look at other immigrants cause you could say, Oh, it's just the immigrant way. No, my parents are not like their friends. You know, they're very different. Um, and um, even people in my family, cause I even look at one of my cousins who I have a, a very close connection with. He is super duper smart. I mean, and he's only 29 years old and things that he's been able to create and manifest and do is, is phenomenal, you know, and I go, there's something there, you know, cause it, you just look at these people who are amazing creators, you know, and, and they are very different than the average bear, so to say, I also do think that these orphan trains happen again with the kids, the migrant children shelters. I mean, I, I worked at one, I think I, I wrote to you about that in the podcast in my email. Um, I worked at one in Pomona, California for about a week or so. And these kids that were coming in were super smart, smarter than the average. And, and as a pediatric nurse practitioner, I, I've seen hundreds of thousands of children, but these kids I mean, even as young as four and as young as two, they knew where they were going. They knew who they were. They knew where they were coming from. They had this whole story. They were way smarter than the average kid to make exactly. this journey, you know, which was pretty intense and, and interesting at the same time. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah. the children, the rainbow Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they yeah. actually. Yeah, well, we're all time travelers, but yeah, they they definitely are more aware. Like you're saying, they're more intelligent. Imagine what they're going to be when they grow up. That's the other right. thing. Right. Yeah, as they are as a as a child as a toddler, imagine as how life progresses. They're not going to believe all the same BS that we're taught in the world. You know, they're they're gonna they're gonna be able to think for themselves and and navigate through things themselves rather than what adults will tell them what to do. So I think that's great. And it's awesome. You're observing that.
0: Yeah, totally. Cool. Okay. Yeah. I think that's all super interesting. I study this stuff intently. Um, I'm glad that you do as well. Is there anything you want to add? I mean, this has been a super fun discussion and um, stuff. I, I mean, I get downloads all the time. One of the major downloads that opened up everything to me was also in 2020. I call it the Galileo download. My dad channels Galileo. So Ooh, I, uh, <laughs> that's awesome. I uh, yeah, for building stuff, Galileo is amazing to channel. I channeled, I channeled Galileo and Michelangelo one day. I did this before I went to bed. I had to figure out how to change a battery in a um, smoke detector. Cause it kept going on and off and it was driving me crazy. And it was up high and I didn't have a high enough ladder and I didn't want to call a tall ex-boyfriend. Right. So yeah. I sat there <laughs> Before I went to bed and I, and I just was like, Galileo, Galileo, tell me how to do this, you know? And I woke up in the morning and I built a scaffolding.
1: So oh. <laughs> there you go.
0: I had this, like, I got the idea to, I had a, a stool bar stool. And then I had another step stool ladder and I built like a scaffolding and I jumped, I went up and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is awesome. And I literally change it in a matter of minutes. And, um, sometimes I'll tell the story to people and they think I'm nuts. And I was like, my dad does it all the time. Cause my dad, I, like he would just come up with weird inventions and weird stuff. I was like, how'd you do that? He goes, I just channeled Galileo. (laughs) And so one day on Halloween on 2020, I got this Galileo download. And it it had to do with the guy I was dating. And and that's how I got the Um, the painters that I was talking about, and I got other painters in there as well, Um, another project that I'm working on. But this book came up, like I started to look at Galileo, and this book called Galileo's Dream came up. And it was, um, it's a science fiction book. And the guy's last name is Kim, I believe. And it's literally 500 pages. So I bought the book, it came from a library in South Carolina, which was weird. (laughs) in in, in a day or two, I hear this thump on my door and here's this book. And I start reading this book and I go into trance when I'm reading this book. But Galileo, he did time travel. He would look at this little glass and then he would have these convulsions where he would go into the future and meet up with these um, intergalactic people on his moons that he uh founded and, and they were fighting this war kind of like the same thing it sounds like a Tartaria thing you know but it was very interesting because you 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 wonder these great thinkers of the past like Michelangelo Galileo um da Vinci, da Vinci you know yeah. how did they come up with all their stuff and they didn't just do one thing you know
1: yeah exactly it did a lot they even say like da Vinci invented the contact lens So a lot of people, that's a Mandela effect, but there's like, you know, he was studying concave glass and he had this whole thing where you could put a lens in your eye and actually be able to see things more clearly. So yeah. How did he come up with that? Yeah. I thought he's just busy painting the Mona Lisa. Right. By the way, there's like four Mona Lisas now in this reality. I don't know if you know that. That's god, I've
0: heard something like that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, There's the Prado Mona Lisa, the nude Mona Lisa. Um, the regular Mona Lisa, I forget what the third Mona Lisa is, but there's, there's literally like four Mona Lisa's so painted wild. by Da Vinci, painted by Da Vinci, like known to be painted by Da Vinci. So yeah. How did he know? How did he do all this? How did he know all that? And yeah, it's, it's so, it's so fascinating for sure. Uh,
0: yeah. And you were saying something about the coccyx bone, how the coccyx bone has like eight holes in it. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So for some people, that's so, so some people that are into the Mandela effect, like they're always looking at the anatomy of the body. Right. Because when the heart changed from the left to the center, that was like, whoa. And then the kidneys changed from the lower back to now they're um, more getting, upper, getting more upper behind the ribcage, partially right. closer to the heart. That got people thinking. And then there's been all these other, like all these other minor things that people don't remember. And one of the more recent ones is the Cossack's bone. Which is you know at the base of your spine, and now it has eight holes in it, four on one side and four on the other, and you know one of the things I like to do is read into it, like what could that possibly mean, and I believe that's connected to the the tesseract thing that we were talking about, and if anyone doesn't know what a tesseract is, um, well you got clues about it in the Wrinkle of Time, yeah, movie, right. Maybe you want to explain that so people understand, like, um, how the, the time I. I
0: I just watched the movie like about a week ago and then I read the book. So I just finished okay. reading the book yesterday, so it's and fresh. the okay. book. Yeah. So the book explains it a lot more and it talks about it, it in the book, it actually talks about time travel and NASA. So there has to be, I think some, you know, uh, truth to it. Um, so they just travel through time and, it, and it's called a tesseract. It, it's kind of like, this tear in time where they can go through um that's what i uh i'm still trying to it to me i sometimes i have to read it um several times to understand it you know or sometimes i understand it and then it goes away so um it's kind of like a a very fast thing so that that's just what i understand of it okay so do you think the holes um enable people to travel through time is, is that what it is?
1: Well, it, it's definitely has to do with human evolution. Just like the center of the heart now, like the heart is pumping blood more evenly th- through us. And, you know, the, the heart is like the biggest, the, with the aorta, it actually vibrates our body. Actually is our frequency is the pumping of the heart. So with the, with the eight holes, there's four on each side uh, in the caustic bone. Um, when I was reading into that, I'm finding it was related to the Tesseract. And then if you look into Tesseract two, you'll find that it's a geometric shape. It's a cube within a cube.
0: It's a cube within a cube, that's
1: right. It's very very advanced, but I believe it also has to do with our vision and how we see reality. So um, a square or like a flat screen. So I'm I'm imagining now we see our reality like a flat screen TV in front of us. It's got the four points of the rectangle yes well, in a cube there's eight points and when you when you can get cube vision or surround vision it starts to change how you view reality so i believe that this is another step in human evolution and that when the, these eight holes or eight spheres or eight bodies or however you want to look at it become activated for us we're going to actually begin to see reality in a way that was hidden from us And it has to do with how we see things, has to do with colors, colors color frequency. We're getting so much light coming in from the sun, all these coronal mass ejections and solar eruptions and the Schumann residents vibrating the planet. And there's all of these new vibrations that are forcing humans into this. Some of us are short circuiting, like there's chaos in the world. They can't handle
0: it. They can't handle it.
1: Exactly. Then others are, are. So I know some people are getting high off of all this energy coming in. Yes. They're just singing and dancing. And I'm like, whoa, OK. <laughs> but yeah, so the bottom line is I believe that that the planet is changing. And as the planet changes, we as humans, we're her children. We are changing as well. And we're going to start. It's going to start unfolding for us. We're going to have a new vision, literally, of what reality is. That's always yeah. from us.
0: Yeah. I, and I found my notes and going back to MC Esker. So he also did tessellation. So it's tiling and we see this in mosaic tiles, you know, and going back to like Moorish tiles, like the Moors had it, you know, (laughs) I've been to um, uh, not Morocco, but I've been, I've been to Spain. I can't even think where I was. Oh, Anyway, um, Mallorca. So I went to Mallorca, Spain, and there's a lot of these um, Moorish tiles, you know, because Moors had invaded and stuff. And there's something to it. And usually um, they're in uh, religious places where you go to just kind of disconnect and go into an alternate reality. And, um, so it, it was interesting when I was studying this, I went to the museum here in Palm Springs and I go, I bet you 20 bucks. And I hadn't been there in a while that I remembered, I went to the second floor and it's full of tessellations. It's full of little cube art all over the walls. I was like, wow, this is pretty wild, you know? And they have this huge cube like structure that lights up. I'll send you a picture of it. And it's right. It's right there in your face, you know, and there's even um, an an artist who I love, Gonzalo Librije, and he has this car going downward into a pool of water and his whole. And again, that's a time travel thing. He would drop these cars in water and just watch how slowly it fell, you know, into this rye. Okay, and the rye. I researched it again. Is an alternate reality? It's like an inversion, you know, kind of like in Stranger Things, where the kids go to the other side, you know, and 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 it's wild. I was like, "What is going on here?" So,
1: like, what what did? did, What? I'm sorry. Did he call it a rye or a lie? Like,
0: a rye, r y e. And if you Google rye, like like catcher in the rye, it's a pool of water. I'll send you the picture. So it's a pool of water, and it's. I think it's in Scotland um, that they have these rise that will go into an alternate dimension. That's what's what it's known as. And that's Ooh, sounds like but, a portal. Yeah. It, it's it's a total portal. And um, it's in Palm Springs every time I go there it's like boom you know if I stare at it too long it's like I will go into an alternate (laughs) dimension it's pretty wild yeah Yeah. and I will get downloads immediately you know but um he is a a pretty interesting artist and he does a lot of stuff with angels you know I'll send you his information but if once you start looking into him you're like this guy is somewhere else
1: (laughs) Okay.
0: For sure. Okay. For sure. But um yeah, but it's all, these are all these geometric shapes. What they are meant to do is take you into those higher dimensions.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And sometimes like some of the, the designs that you'll look at will, will stimulate your pineal gland to start to open that up. So there's all different purposes to all these different types of art and mandalas, not mandalas, but mandalas and the Moorish tiles you're talking about. Exactly. There's always higher, you know, a higher purpose for them.
0: Right. Right. So interesting. Well, this has been an amazing discussion. Where can people find you?
1: Um, Right now, there's two places you can find me. Um, I have a website called quantumbusinessman.com and I have a YouTube channel called quantum businessman. So just go on YouTube and type in quantum businessman and you'll find me.
0: Awesome. So thank you so much. And I will put your information on the show notes. And till next time, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of Nurses and Hypochondriacs. We hope you've enjoyed the show. And we'd love it if you left us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It totally helps us out. And uh, go ahead and throw us some bucks. Our links to PayPal and Venmo are on our show notes. Thanks again.